This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. You know, I, I, so I don't want to be a broken record, but I, I want I, I've been thinking further about the piece yesterday about the coal-fired ovens and pizzas in New York. Just bear with me here. Bear with me here. I read a lot on a regular basis uh, because of show prep for the show. And I've noticed more and more people writing stories. In fact, some of the people who focus on talk radio and, and the future of talk radio and mental health comes up a lot of younger people want to hear shows discussing mental health, but they don't, they don't, they don't want to hear about mental health. The people who you think want to hear about mental health, they don't want to hear about mental health. They don't want to hear about the schizophrenics among the homeless. They don't want to hear about the rise of schizophrenia that correlates almost precisely to increase consumption of marijuana at an early age. They don't want to hear about that stuff. What what they talk about in terms of mental health is, well, they got anxiety. They're depressed. They have anxiety. They're a little anxious. And they've decided that anxiety is mental health. They're a little OCD. That's mental health. They don't want to hear about the crazy guy who shoots up the theater because he's a schizophrenic. No, that guy is evil. But they, they're just a little anxious. They're just a little anxious. We need to talk about mental health because my anxiety, I need a Xanax to get through the day because I haven't learned how to cope with problems in life. And I've noticed this trend now, and, and it, it really Nate Silver, the 538 guy, I've been meaning to write about this, and I have it. And then last night, he pointed out something, that uh, there is a continued trend in much of the media, in much of major cultural institutions, to continue to keep people miserable. He put up this tweet, kind of amazed how well the, quote, did you possibly feel a small pang of joy? Here's a reason to say miserable genre continues to do. Thought it was a pandemic thing, but it's still going on. He points to three articles. One is in The Atlantic. Killer whales are not our friends. Stop rooting for the orcas ramming boats. Then there's another one in The New Yorker. 
the case against travel. It turns us into the worst version of ourselves while convincing us that we're at our best. And third, one in scientific America. It's a tweet. It takes a lot of water and energy to make Negronis, Manhattans, and margaritas. Could we do with less ice for climate change, no less? You take those on top of all the other stories out there, including the desire now to shut down coal-fired pizza ovens in New York and encourage people to eat energy-inefficient, lab-grown, expensive meat and give up on cows to save the planet. And then you look at all the hand-wringing out there on uh, TikTok and other websites of Gen Zers who are struggling with mental health issues because, oh my gosh, I've got three tests tomorrow and like I'm up all night studying and it's just so unfair. I've got anxiety. I need a Xanax. We've got an entire body of people and cultural institutions that intend for you to be miserable and stay in misery, and don't you laugh at anything. You know, look at the the anxiety and angst over Dave Chappelle and other comedians these days making jokes about uh, transgenderism. You can't laugh at that. You're only allowed to laugh at white men who are married with children. White dads, you can make jokes about white dudes, but nobody else, everybody is off the table. You can't even make a good midget joke these days without somebody getting upset, and who doesn't love a good midget joke? Nope, you can't do it. No, you, I wasn't making a midget joke. Calm down. I'm just saying you can't even make a midget joke anymore because the left will, how dare you do that? You know, they're an oppressed minority. You can't in the intersectional scheme of things. You can't do it. You must be miserable and have no humor. Hannah Gadsby, that awful uh, quote unquote air quotes comedian, did an entire stand-up routine on Netflix where she was an angry, miserable, bitter person, and no one laughed. And when somebody said this wasn't funny, that's it. The new comedy is not funny. You're supposed to be miserable, and you're supposed to relish and take comfort in your misery. There's another story of the Atlantic today. You, you might need to sit down for this one. The Paradox at the Grocery Store is the title of the article. And th this, is, this is the tweet that describes the article from The Atlantic. The variety at the grocery store has become overwhelming. Single option stores may be the solution. From a guy named Adam Fleming Petty. On a recent afternoon while running errands, before I had to pick up my kids from school, I froze in the orange juice aisle of a big box store. So many different brands lay before me. Minute Maid, Simply, Tropicana, Dole, Florida's Natural, Sunny D, not to mention the niche organic labels. And every brand offered juices with various configurations of pulp, vitamins, and concentrate. The sheer plentitude induced a kind of paralysis. Overwhelmed by the choices on offer, I simply could not make one. I left the store without any orange juice. According to the American Time You Survey, 
An average grocery trip takes more than 40 minutes. That may not sound like much, but the task can feel overwhelming and time-consuming in the midst of a busy day, especially because every trip consists of a plethora of decisions. Through this lens, what seems like a modern benefit, 100 different kinds of ice cream, every imaginable chip flavor, hot dog buns sliced on the side or on the top can become a bit of a burden. No, it's only a burden by your choice, and you have chosen to be burdened by it and think the rest of us should be burdened by it and should be miserable by it. I do not think twice about the orange juice. I go find the no pulp option that's cheap, and I get it unless my wife has a brand preference. Never have I stood in front of the multitude of loaves of bread and thought, my God, my life is miserable because I have so many choices in which sort of bread and the brand that I want. He is taking his problems and his psychoses, and all of us are supposed to also have this. This is what's happening on the left in America among cultural institutions. These people are miserable, and they hate you because you are not. You are supposed to go to the grocery store and be overwhelmed by the variety. You are supposed to go to the grocery store like Bernie Sanders. Remember him complaining about the multitude of deodorants? He thinks it's a bad thing. There are a billion brands of deodorant. I think it's a good thing. This guy would complain. And then you've got the Gen Zers sharing on TikTok. Oh my gosh, I had such a bad week this week. I actually had to make conversation with someone. I'm so anxious. My mental health has been burdened. Your mental health has not been burdened. Grow up, you weak need child. You have had such good heart, good easy times. You've become too soft and need a swift kick in the butt. In fact, our entire society, it seems at this point, could use a good swift kick in the butt to grow the heck up and just deal with life. Life is hard and then you die. And apparently people forgot that along the way. But there are ways to find pleasure and get enjoyment out of life. And the thing that apparently gives pleasure and joy to the left these days is misery and being miserable. And because they're miserable and in misery, they get mad at the rest of us who aren't. Who didn't like a good joke about the people in the sub? Oh, it's horrible, and is it too soon? I put a, found a picture of a giant, large woman dressed as a mermaid and said, I wonder if she was the cause of it. Looks like she ate five guys. All of my conservative friends found it funny. My one liberal friend, that's not funny. How dare you laugh about the tragedy? You got to laugh or you're going to cry. Your choice, I'm going to laugh about it. These people want you miserable. And there, my friends, we pivot to the point. I think the Republicans are making a strategic mistake in how they read the marketplace of ideas and voters. Take Ron DeSantis. He, he is the, the only guy who comes close to Trump, but he's not that close. And he's still on the culture war fight, and he still seems angry every day about things and in fight mode. And it says Trump voters want a, want a fighter, except they want Trump. They, the, the polling hasn't shifted significantly for him. How about pivoting 
to a message of happiness is a choice, and you can vote for misery with Joe Biden or happiness with the Republicans. You don't have to be angry about everything. You don't have to be angry all of the time. America is a good place. You don't have to want to go back to the 1950s because the economic status of the 1950s is not nearly as good as today. But people have chosen to be miserable, and they want you miserable, and the left wants you to give up the luxuries and niceties of life so that you can be more miserable. And the Republicans offer you happiness. The Republicans offer you the ability to move forward and not have to be racked by white guilt all the time because of your privilege, not to have to worry about anxiety and mental health and, and oversharing your mental health struggles on the Internet. You can move forward in a happy way. You can bet on America and be rewarded by betting on America. You can have a better tomorrow than you have today with the Republicans as opposed to the Democrats who want you to give up your entire way of life and be miserable. Why can't we have the happy warrior message? Tim Scott seems to be getting some traction with the happy warrior message. He loves the country. Don't bet against America. You can have a better tomorrow than you have today. The other Republicans, I think, should probably be embracing what Tim Scott is offering because the left is miserable and the far right is miserable. They're both angry. They want you to be angry. They want everyone to fight. Most Americans don't want to fight. They want to go to work. They want to get a paycheck. They want to take care of their kids and family. They want to be left the hell alone. And they want to smile. Republicans, conservatives, your choice is not just the choice of Republican or Democrat. Your choice is happiness and a smile or misery and scowling. Don't forget that. There are a lot of people who would vote for a happy warrior as opposed to the party that wants to, you to give up ice to save the planet so you can't have your margarita or your Manhattan or that wants you to give up traveling because you'll just be miserable and take your misery elsewhere and expand your carbon footprint. This is a party that wants to you to give up your choices of bread and orange juice at the grocery store in the name of them battling anxiety, not you. This is the party that wants you to give up coal-fired ovens and wood-burning stoves and barbecue in the name of saving the planet because we're all going to die. The left has internalized the misery. They have internalized the fatalism. They have internalized the idea that we've crossed a Rubicon, we're all going to die, the world is coming to an end because of global warming, you do not have to make the choice of being angry. I have said before, you should not battle the left by behaving like the left. You do not have to be an a-hole to win an election. You can be a kind and nice person with an optimistic vision. And I think we must go a step further and say you can offer a positive, upbeat optimism for the future that the left is now incapable of offering because they have so internalized their anxiety as a mental health battle. They have so internalized their depression as a natural state of things. They have so internalized their doom and fatalism about the future of the planet. They can't offer happiness to anyone if the GOP wants to win, they should offer happiness. They should look at the multitude of selections in the grocery store and say, isn't America a great country? They should look at the world and our ability to be upwardly mobile and travel and say, isn't this great? And they should look at ice and say, wouldn't you like a margarita? Instead of looking at it and fretting about the end of the world. You've got to be optimistic you got to be optimistic. Happiness is a choice. Laughing is a choice. The left can't do either. They've made the choice not to. 
we should provide a compelling alternative. And I'm pretty sure that would translate into votes. The misery that the left forced us into in COVID, we can push it aside and get back to better days ahead if we just will focus on doing that instead of just being miserable like the left. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, very happy to have you. Uh, this is a short segment, uh, so I just just be patient with me. I let me just boy, I I relate to this is just oh 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 okay. Uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in upstate New York is suing Daigle Cleaning Services. Daigle Cleaning Services provides the janitorial services for the college. Janitor went into uh, one of the buildings and an alarm was going off in a refrigerator freezer. He couldn't figure out how to turn the alarm off. So he flipped the circuit breaker to shut off the freezer. The problem was that the freezer contained 20 years of biological research, including cell cultures and samples, and they had to be kept at uh, negative 80 degrees Celsius in this specialized freezer. They put a note on the freezer because the freezer was having some issues. Quote, this freezer is beeping as it is under repair. Please do not move or unplug. No cleaning required. You can press the alarm test mute button for five to 10 seconds if you would like to mute the sound. (laughs) On September 17th, the janitor heard the alarm. He was annoyed by the alarm and he flipped the circuit breaker to turn off the freezer without having seen the note and wiped out 20 years of biological research. So the school is suing for damages, uh, the janitorial company, <laughs> oh, claiming they should have better trained the janitor. Oh, gosh, I feel bad for the for the people doing the research. Um, it was biochemical solar energy research. I feel so, oh man, what are you, 20 years of work down the drain because the janitor turned off the power. Oh, okay. I don't want to turn off the power to the limited government movement. I actually want to fire it up and I hope you will help me. And all you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You go sign up with them. They have 36 state chapters and they are growing in the states where they don't have state chapters. They've got 4 million people who work with them, and you learn how to be a greater, more effective conservative activist. You learn how to uh, approach your neighbor to advocate for limited government, approach your legislative officials and local politicians and federal officials to advocate for free markets and free people. It's what AAP stands for. They want you on their team. They want you to become a better activist for the conservative side. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K today. Get fired up, get educated, get motivated, get activated with Americans for Prosperity. It's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with them today. Be a more effective conservative activist. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Rick, you're going to be up first today. Welcome to the show, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I just, uh, I love your show, by the way. Thank um, you. First time caller, but I'm definitely conservative. I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. I was born in 1969. 
And well, God bless you for that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, life isn't easy. You know, I've got adult children in their 20s, and I feel sorry for them. But I've tried to, with my wife, along with my wife, of course, tried to raise them the right way, you know, to have their own opinions, but to be respectful and respect authority and do the right thing. But uh, what you were talking about, you know, I did eight combat tours, and I was wounded twice. Um, and, you know, I do take some medication, you know, to help with some stuff. But, you know, all this stuff about, oh, oh I'm so depressed, oh, oh, this, oh, that, you know, come on. I mean, they make it so easy nowadays for people to be depressed. You know, my family's happy. I'm happy. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it, it makes me sick thinking about, you know, all the people and all the things that we've done and people have gone and given their lives. And, you know, folks nowadays, they just, they don't care. They just, you know, they don't appreciate what, what we have and they're just ruining everything. Yeah, you know, and let me let me just speak on that for a minute because, you know, I know people who suffer from chronic severe depression and who are medicated, but nowadays you got a lot of people, if you follow the, the TikTokers and the like, well, I've had a bad day, therefore I'm depressed, therefore I need drugs, as opposed to learn how to get over having a bad day. I have bad days too, for God's sakes. My wife has stage four lung cancer. Let me tell you about bad days. Um, but sure the idea right. that we, we, we can't like bounce beyond that and and actually enjoy life and that everybody's got to have a pity party and anyone who's happy is a bad person for not joining the pity party. It's just uh, it's it's ridiculous that this is where we are as opposed to people learning how to suck it up. Well, I just wanted to make one more reference to the orange juice style thing from uh, a movie called Moscow on the Hudson with Robin Williams when he yeah. passed out looking at all the coffee. Um, and also your joke is funny and I'm sorry that that happened to those people in the sub, but you know, risk is risk. And I told a joke yesterday and I said, well, I definitely would ask, I I would ask for a refund if I were their families. You know, I was just kidding, but I I think it's terrible that it happened, but you know, you know, the risk involved, but I I will tell you this. Rick, the, one of the, the, the funniest meme that I saw, and I have laughed about it every time I've seen it now, is there was some younger black lady who put on a bright red wig and was filmed running out into the sea, and the caption on it was, Ariel finding out how much it costs to live, deciding she's going to go find that billionaire's wallet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Just, you gotta, you listen, I appreciate the phone call, and thank you very much for your service, Rick. I, definitely. Uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you for that. Wow, that many combat tours. Good, and, and wounded twice. Thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, I mean, listen listen to Rick. I mean, he went through all of that, put his life on the line for all of us, uh, and, and find some joy in life. There are just so many people these days who wish to find no joy in life and resent those of us who do. And they want us all to be bitter and unhappy. And it is the, the you particularly find the mental health sufferers of TikTok out there. And they get on TikTok and share all of their phobias and, and quirks and, and foibles of life and think that everybody else should adopt them. And in fact, a lot of younger kids get on TikTok and they do embrace that. Like, for example, have y'all heard about the, the, the TikTok Tourette's syndrome? It's Tourette's influencers on TikTok who have Tourette's, except they don't. 
and the kids who watch the videos of them develop Tourette's-like symptoms, but it's not real Tourette's. I mean, this is an actual diagnosed thing. It's it's so weird how influential people can be, including in spreading misery. Now, the Supreme Court did some of that today for some people. We've had not quite the biggest day at the United States Supreme Court. We have probably two more days of cases. Now, how do I know this? The Supreme Court has seven more cases to come out, including uh, the 303 creative case over whether a web designer uh, has to can be compelled to use her services to build websites for causes she doesn't believe in, and the affirmative action cases with Harvard and North Carolina about uh, Asian students. Those are pending, including several other cases. Uh, we did get one of the big ones today, the, the Moore North Carolina case, and this is not the major decision that people thought it was going to be. This particular case was the North Carolina legislature redrew the districts in North Carolina. In North Carolina, the governor is not allowed a veto of congressional and legislative districts. So the North Carolina legislature, controlled by Republicans, drew the districts, and then the uh, North Carolina Supreme Court, at the time controlled by Democrats, threw it out and rewrote their own lines that was very pro-Democrat. So the North Carolina legislature sued and said the Constitution says the legislator sets the date, times, place, and means of elections, not the courts. Therefore, the courts overstepped by redrawing the districts. Now, between the case being filed and the case being decided, the North Carolina Supreme Court justices were thrown out of office for this decision. Conservatives were reelected. North Carolina rewrote the legislative lines and the North Carolina Supreme Court upheld them, and then the United States Supreme Court, uh, e, e, by implication of an Alabama case, has just probably cost them their lines. So the court came out today, and it was virtually all of the, it was like a 7-2 or 6-3 decision, and it was Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh and Roberts and the liberals all agreeing that the North Carolina legislature uh, does not have unilateral power to redraw the lines that courts can hear them. Now, Chief Justice Roberts in the case threw in a line that essentially said if uh, the courts handle it in an overtly partisan way so that they try to have their lines drawn instead of the legislature's, we may reconvene and or we may reconsider this. But it's the it's the exact case I thought. I, I always thought it was too wild of a theory to go to the United States Supreme Court and say, hey, uh, we want you to agree that courts can't review legislative actions, which is essentially what this amounted to. It's never been done before. The left was nuts about it, that this was a threat to democracy. It wasn't really, but they didn't go that way, and I didn't think they would. What I find most notable is that the conservatives who are upset by this forgot something something very important. Had the court ruled in favor of the North Carolina legislature, the Republicans would be swept out of Congress. You would lose the House of Representatives if the Supreme Court voted for the North Carolina legislature. Why? 
because the New York Court of Appeals, which is their version of their Supreme Court, New York is kind of odd. You have the New York Supreme Court, and then you have the New York Court of Appeals, and it's the Court of Appeals that's the actual Supreme Court. In New York, the New York Court of Appeals threw out the legislature's redistricting. That's right. Uh, the North of the New York Supreme Court tossed the state legislature's districts and redrew them. Had the Supreme Court sided with the North Carolina legislature, that would have invalidated the lines drawn by the New York Supreme Court. And without those lines in the New York case, the Republicans would not have taken back Congress in 2022. So the court actually did Republicans a favor. It was a very much more moderate decision than what anyone had uh, guessed. It was also not very ideological today. For all of the bellyaching that this Supreme Court is some sort of more stridently ideological court, uh, it, that's not actually what has happened. And in fact, there was another case today involving Norfolk Southern. The Norfolk Southern case is somewhat complicated, but essentially what the court decided is that a foreign corporation, and that's a legal phrase, a foreign corporation is a corporation not headquartered in your state. That foreign corporation can be sued in a state where they do business. So, for example, Apple Computer, Apple they are headquartered in California. They operate in the state of Georgia. They sell computers in the state of Georgia. They are a foreign corporation to Georgia because they're not headquartered in Georgia. They're not registered there. They're not chartered there. Their headquarters are not there, but they do business in Georgia. The Supreme Court in a 5-4 decision today said that Apple could be sued in Georgia if they, uh, under certain rules, in certain cases, they could be sued in Georgia. Now, what, what what was the ideological alignment here? Clarence Thomas wrote the decision. Samuel Alito and Neil Gorsuch joined him, as did Sonia Sotomayor and Katanji Brown-Jackson. It was Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, Chief Justice Roberts, and Elena Kagan in the minority in this case. Complete ideological upending in the court. In fact, in every case that came out today, Katanji Brown-Jackson was in the majority, which people did not expect her to be. And then there was the last case. What's so interesting is the Associated Press. Let me read you what the Associated Press tweeted about this third case today. The Supreme Court has ruled to make it more difficult to convict a person of making a violent threat. The case could make it harder for prosecutors to convict certain people who threaten elected officials, including the president. The Associated Press is upset that the Supreme Court made it harder to convict a person of making threats. The case was premised on the First Amendment and state of mind. Let me explain this case to you. In this case, a man in Colorado was sentenced to more than four years in prison because he was sending threatening Facebook messages to a singer. But here's the problem. Uh, under the common law, the common law is the law derived from England back before we had written constitutions. 
the common law is essentially a um, a series of court cases over time that read together build a a concise view of the law. So, for example, negligence and battery and things like that. These were all things that the English courts in the 15, 16, 1700s ruled on. Uh, they didn't have legislation. They didn't have statutes. They had to do it themselves. And so for negligence, uh, you have things like um, a, a reasonable person standard. Uh, if you do something that a reasonable person would not do, you could be charged with negligence, things like that. Those are common law things. One of the things about threats and making threats is you have to have a state of mind. You got to have mens rea. You've got to be able to show that the person uh, knew they were sending a threat. Because you and I together, we may read something to be threatening that someone else did not mean to be threatening. In this case, the man was put behind bars in Colorado for sending threatening Facebook messages, but he suffered mental illness. And he did not mean for his messages to be threatening. He was just crazy. The question for the court was whether the prosecutors need to show the person prosecuted making the threats knew the behavior was threatening or whether they just had to show that a reasonable person would find them threatening. Uh, the, the reasonable person standard is what held, but the court says, no, no, in, in, in a case like this, you've got to actually show that the person knew or should have known that their threats were threatening. And if you're suffering from mental health and you don't have volition, you, you don't have a, a clear view of these sorts of things, you, you can't prove the person knew they were threatening. This, this the, the guy in this case, four years after inviting a, a musician to perform at a concert and she did not perform at the concert, four years later he started sending her weird messages that she found were threatening and he was prosecuted. But the dude was crazy. And it really, they there was no doubt the man didn't really understand that what he was doing was threatening. Now, the case is also another one of those where it doesn't have like clear lines of uh, ideological concern. Uh, Clarence Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett dissented. All of the other justices, including uh, Neil Gorsuch and Sam Alito and Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts were in the majority. Uh, Elena Kagan wrote it. It was a 7-2 decision that did not follow ideological lines. And it's a good decision. It's about free speech and someone's state of mind and sending threats. So the court got did a lot of good today and a lot of stuff that was not... Uh, unexpected, but also defied all of the ideological bright lines. Now, the next two days, we may have big cases, and they probably will follow ideological contours. And remember how many of the cases this year have not before we get to the outrage that's coming over the cases later this week. Right now, I got to tell you before I get anywhere else about Vision Computers and their fantastic fantastic computer services. Well, let me focus on just businesses here. I've talked about home and everything else. If you're a small business and you need computers for your employees and you don't want to go to a big box store and just buy generic computer off the shelf, Vision Computer can not only build a computer for you and save you money in the process, but then they can be your IT support. So you and, and your employees will get Vision's 800 number. You can call them and they can be your tech support. So if you need help with your email, if you've got a virus on the computer, if you need help setting up a printer, they can walk you through stuff. They can oftentimes explain it to you over the phone or remote into the computer so you don't even have to take them to their shop or mail them to them. They can do so much over the internet. They set up the computer that way with your permission to be able to do it so you don't have to have an IT department. You can rely on the people who built the computers to service the computers. It's a great deal. 
and they build you a computer you actually need and want, not just the generic off the box stuff, out of the box stuff. I highly recommend Vision Computers for you, for your home or your office, because the same tech support, you can do it for your home, not just your office. Give them a call at 404-COMPUTE, 404-COMPUTE, anywhere nationwide, whether you're on my affiliate out in Salem, Oregon, or you're up in, in Bangor, Maine, you can have Vision Computers, build your computers, and be your IT department. 404-COMPUTE or visioncomputers.com. If you ask them about the Eric Erickson Special, call them Vision Computers or 404-COMPUTE and ask them about the Eric Erickson Special and see what they can do for you. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you're buying a building, building a building, growing a business, buying a franchise, things like that, you need access to capital and your lender is giving you hard times, well, First Liberty might be able to help you. They make their own lending decisions you should give them a call. FirstLibertyGA.com has all their contact info. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend 10 minutes with them wherever you are nationwide. See if they are a good fit for you and you for them. Now, as you probably are aware, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but the audio of the conversation leaked last night, first to CNN and then to other news outlets, of the president's conversation with Mark Meadows and his staffers about the classified documents. And it seems to suggest they were looking at classified documents. The question is, who leaked? And conservatives have immediately rushed to the conclusion that it's the Department of Justice that leaked. I'm not so sure. Could be the Trump team really does believe it exonerates him, and so they're the ones who leaked it because it sounds like it when you listen to the audio uh, from their vantage point. But here is what I am reliably told. The Trump team is increasingly concerned that Mark Meadows may behind the scenes be undermining Trump. And so some of the Trump people, uh, they wonder if Mark Meadows had something to do with leaking this to the media. They're there's a growing skepticism on Trump team as to whether or not Mark Meadows is still on the team or not. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. I love the guy. Uh, it, just a just a good person. I really like him. But I, I don't know what the lay of the land is there. The Trump team is skeptical. They think he may have cooperated too much with uh, grand juries. We'll see. But I don't think you can just jump to the conclusion that it was the Department of Justice because they weren't the only ones with access to this audio. When we come back... The FTC has decided to sue Amazon over Amazon Prime. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 